Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. Welcome to a Herd App production of Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Kate Dub Omaha. And to my left, we brought back some of Iowa Western Community College Juco Esports. Their assistant coach over here, Chase Mitchell, or some might know him as Kilk. But we also brought one of their players, someone who was not here last time, one from their Overwatch team, Charles Toland, right? And and then, of course, to their left, I brought on someone that was at Mage 2023 with me from Game T Podcast, Czar. Welcome to the show, fellas. Mage 2023 is done and over with, a lot put in. Your first experience at something like this, go ahead and just start. What was your first reaction when you saw the stage and you saw what was going on beyond just playing the video game? Well, it was pretty good. I expected uh, no no one to show up, and it was pretty cool seeing, you know, at least five people showing up. (laughs) Felt pretty good. Um, Honestly, I I was a lot less nervous than I thought, even though there was like, there was what, 12, 12 schools? Uh, for Overwatch, yeah, I think we ended up with twelve or thirteen. It was pretty cool. Um, you know, as a solo queue Overwatch player, been solo queuing for I don't, I don't even I lost count. Um, just playing on a team just felt incredible. Even if we lost, you know. Well, I mean, you played your own team, so like that adds a little bit of flavor. <laughs> up on, I mean, what what would you say that screen is? Uh, uh, 20 feet, know, 20 foot huge, screen. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was that's behind you. You got a few people out in the crowd, but you're representing a school. You're representing a team. What was that aspect of it? Because like you said, if you're so used to solo dolo, now you get the team aspect. How does that help? And, and uh, did you feel like you guys grew from the tournament? Uh, Yeah, a lot. Definitely. Cause a lot of the teams that kicked our, you know, absolutely thrashed us. We kind of just sat back and learned like, What's meta? What can we change? You know, what what are our weaknesses? Obviously, like um, Bellevue, for instance, they were the only team to ever have a Junker Queen on their team. Every other team just ran either just straight meta or just whatever they're good at, and it worked and it didn't work for a lot. But um, I have to say, you said you getting your tail kicked. That was one match that I sat and watched. And I was really in awe. I mean, I don't get to play games like I used to because I've had a family of of six and and they're grown up and just I wouldn't have been able to go to their activities had I really invested into games like I used to when I was younger. So seeing that aspect of it of where you could tell the levels of it and to a certain point. Zara, what do you think of uh, of the competition? And you obviously got to not only do some self-interviews, but you also got to just sit back, relax, and enjoy some of the show. Yeah, for me, the greatest thing was I watch a lot of these competitions on YouTube through Smash and all that stuff. So actually being in the arena and seeing the stage, all the LEDs, it was incredible. It was just such a monumentous feeling. And I I remember the competition you were talking about with that Overwatch match. It was kind of surreal because everyone was watching, everyone was kind of talking, and then all of a sudden, everything just went quiet, like dead silent. And it, it was still a really good game, though. And like throughout the rest of the day, all of these competitions were just so good. The level of talent and skill from every school, you could see it, you could feel it. It was true gaming at its core. Now, uh, you know, Chase, this is your second year with Mage that you've done it, but your role has changed. How do you feel seeing your role change? And obviously now Iowa Western is going to be a huge contribution to Mage from here on out. That's going to change the role as well. What was your thoughts? Um, So in the first Mage, I was a panelist. I was uh, I ran the women's and esports panel because at the time I owned the uh, women's carball 
championship that I created the women's league throughout, you know, North America and Europe. Um, so being a panel host going to now basically running the event, um, it was a big change for me personally. Uh, I do a lot of events online and I've been to, you know, multiple esports events and stuff like that. So I knew kind of the basics that I needed to put forward. Um, being able to work with the, uh, space time strategy guys, the guys that were pushing all our buttons on the back and everything is always, always a positive too, because those guys are consummate professionals. You guys spoke to Ryan, I believe. Yeah. I, and while you bring it up, I mean, we have Ryan here from real time strategies. He's just going to talk a little bit about, uh, just kind of some of the craziness and, and the expectations that, uh, you know, I mean, Zar asked a great question. He pointed it out. Here you go. Check it out. Uh, so you you have been around to a lot of these events from Yonax to Mange. What are some of the biggest oversights that can happen when running these events? Yeah, that is a very good question. I think one of the, the toughest things we run into is, um, is just, you know, people not taking into consideration timelines. Yeah, I, I would say definitely timelines, making sure that people give you the space to provide the best product for now is uh, one of the biggest difficulties. Uh, Mage is actually fantastic for that. We've been talking about Mage since February. Um, so that was like perfect amount of time. We put together a killer event here because of it. All right. So Ryan tells us, you know, it, it's just the time, time management yep. and, and trying to get all of the advertisers and everybody together on one page. Now it's, it's hard. Now you went from panelists and now you're the contact for some of these, yeah. these trying to make sure this sponsor is ready and, and making sure, I mean, having that real time strategies in the back of the house has to be that safety net, that feeling. I mean, we talked to Ryan, but we also just watched their actions. I mean, they were hands on, they were constantly moving or constantly upstage off stage it wasn't like they're just hanging out, collecting a paycheck, as some right, might think. Right, yeah. No, they they put a lot of effort into that, and their uh, breakdown times are hours long, and setup times are hours long. So if people, when they come to these events, if they think that it's just, oh, these guys came in and put a few computers there, and now they're telling us where to go, it's the stuff that goes into setting that up is a monumental task. Um, I don't know, were you part of the setup crew that went over there early? No. I know I, was, I wasn't uh, there for that one. No, I wasn't. But um, a lot of the setup is a little bit more difficult. There's a lot yeah. less variables um, that go right. Because I remember we were having um, internet issues, especially for our second oh, game. Oh, yeah. So Ethernet cables were just not working properly, and we were trying what, to figure out why. It wasn't that it wasn't working. What ended up happening is uh, if enough people try to log into these games from a single IP address, at which is the venue's IP address, if they fail those logins multiple times and multiple people do this, the uh, hacking detection or whatever starts to kick in. in. And an IP bans you. Oh, the whole place got banned, didn't it? The whole place got banned wow. from uh, the Blizzard servers for Overwatch. Oh. And that only lasts... Uh, for roughly a half hour. I don't know the exact time on it, but basically we had to chill for a half hour. Everybody you could feel it, stop. though. You could feel it in probably just like players were up there ready to go. Yeah. It, uh, and it, it sucks because you don't want to go, it's user error, but it is right. just no. And, and I think they also were very vocal of, I think someone might have been like, oh, I can't even log in. They're like, don't worry, we have a house account. Don't log yes. in. Yes. And they still try to log in. They're it's still- like... Let these guys help you help them. Correct. And that happened a few times at the event, actually. Um, there was a, a few instances where I guess some of the players maybe felt awkward about raising their hand and being like, hey, my monitor's messed up. So they played with like a messed up pixel or something oh, like that. No. And that's something that I just want to reiterate to players who are going to LAN events, who are going to play in these things. The people who are there are there to make sure that your experience is the best it can be they don't want none of us want you playing on messed up monitors we don't want you to have to deal with you know a mouse that doesn't work sometimes like if that happens just raise your hand and call it out um the blizzard thing uh we were able to you know stop everybody because that timer restarts every time somebody everybody said every time someone hits enter so 
we told them all like it, the easiest way to do it when that happens at these events is just everybody stand up, leave the computers, yeah, like yep. walk away. Um, and then if you're really worried about it, like you said, we had house accounts for them to play on, uh, that we all that we knew the the logins to and everything, and then it all got running and you know it was a good event. Um, I think that happened to us twice that day. Uh, unfortunately, one of the guys went up on stage. He was on a house account in the back and then tried to log into his account and he immediately flagged us again. So we were chilling for another half hour, but that stuff happens in in sports. And I'm sure the next time he goes to an event, he's not going to do that, right? He's going to understand. Well, and you brought up the equipment, Zar. I mean, you saw the equipment. You're a gamer. What was your thoughts? That was your first time seeing it. Like you said, in person, being able to, if you wanted to, you could go touch the computers. Obviously, we didn't. Yeah. But what was your thoughts of all the, the Intel arcs there? Yeah, no, it was it was incredible because you see like maybe eight setups on the stage, but then you go behind the curtain and there's like 45 more computers all the same. They've got all got synced LED lights. They're all running at peak performance. It just it makes you melt as a gamer. You're just like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> this is what you wanted back as a kid, like in yeah. your garage with your yeah. buddies hanging out with you. No, those Intel Arc computers were fantastic. Um, that was my first experience with Intel Arc PCs. Um, okay. Well, they look pretty, too. Yeah, they look really good. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Intel has started making their own integrated graphics cards. And so it's not just NVIDIA and AMD anymore. Intel is okay. going into the graphics card business. And all the computers that were running at Mage uh, that Spacetime brought with them were Intel Arc and I didn't see a single issue on any of those. I don't know when you were playing. Was there Charles? Anything? What was your What was your thoughts? I mean, obviously, you guys have an awesome facility at Iowa Western that many schools would love to come hang out. What do you think of that setup that was there? Did you feel at home, or did you feel like you were at a higher tier level? Definitely a higher tier. I'm <laughs> I'm a console guy. I've been playing on Xbox yeah. since I was in diapers, like. Xbox for life. I think <laughs> that's right. I think the only PC gaming experience I really have was um, using my school laptop to play Team Fortress Two, <laughs> and then when I got here, like that was the only real PC I've ever played on. Um, definitely got to get used to you know PC gaming. But okay, PC so this has a whole different, yeah. a whole different element I didn't know. So obviously, we got to talk with uh, one of your teammates, uh, Key Lime, and uh, she's here just talking about what it takes to be a competitor at Overwatch and how the word addiction can come into that conversation. Check it out. How, you know, how many hours a week do you feel like you need to practice Overwatch in order to stay in the competitive space? So I'm going to confess a little here. I'm actually addicted to this game. Um, And during the winter when I couldn't play, I think I suffered like a withdrawal from not being able to play Overwatch constantly. I play this game so much. Like every night, at least three times or four times a week, it's got to be happening. I need Overwatch. Like I'm actually addicted. It's concerning. You could have just you could have just said all of them. Yeah. You know, how many hours does it take to be good? You could have just said yes, all. Yes. That's right. Remember. Doesn't matter how many hours somebody like puts into the game. I guess in order to like be, it depends like how you're using that time. If you're using that time in Overwatch to actually actively practice those skills that you know you need to work on then that's going to be useful time. But if you're using that time to just mess around, then it doesn't matter how many hours you put in. All right. So she says in order to really excel at what you do, you got to be addicted to it. Some people can call it a bad addiction. Um, But when you look at gaming just in general, if you're an all Xbox and you go to one of these, how do you adjust or what, what can they do to prepare themselves? Because is it always PC at these or is it by choice? Uh, that depends on the game. So with Overwatch, it's always going to be PC. The The thing is, is that the the PC rigs have higher frames per second. Okay. So uh, I think the new age consoles, and you can correct me on this, I think they're at 120. Uh, yeah, they're about 120. Okay. So before the new age consoles, and I'm talking like PS5 and uh, the new Xbox, before they came out, we were frame capped on consoles at 60 frames per second. And on your PC... You really want to get, you know, upwards to that 144. That's what you want to see. Um, beyond that, you know, we're talking super gamers. But um, being on 
but then there's games, I guess there's games like Halo, for instance, when I went to HCS Kansas City, uh, if you were on stage or you were in playing in those brackets, yeah, those were PCs. But if you were going through pools and you're trying to make it through the open, you're playing on Xboxes. So it was a little weird seeing that, but that's a Halo thing, right? That's that's completely different. Or for Smash, for example, everybody's playing on Switches. It's <laughs> the only place you can play. Yeah, it's the only place. <laughs> so it really, it's really just depends on the game. But for the most part, it's all being done on PCs. I do have a question about that, though. So everything's on PC. Are game pads allowed? Uh, using your controllers and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. You play Rocket. Most people play Rocket League on controller. Um, you could play Overwatch, right, on the PC with a controller. Yeah, but it's like I don't know why you would. Yeah, I was gonna say he, you know, as you're growing and learning, what do you feel like? Do you feel like you can integrate both, or it just isn't worth the time to? No, I mean, like instantly move to uh, like keyboard and mouse because when I play Roadhog on console, it's you know, it's it's fine, but like on PC, I can literally snap hook anytime I want. Like it's, yeah. it's so much easier. You know, when you're pressing your buttons, you're trying to look left or right. On a controller, you can only move so fast. Even if you have it maxed out, like your character can only move so quickly. But like he was talking about, if you're on PC, you're just throwing the mouse to the left and your character is spinning around doing a 180. Certain certain games have like auto-aim for controller players. And Apex, yeah. I was going to say Apex. <laughs> Apex and Destiny, those are the games that people prefer controllers on in any scenario because yep. of the auto-aim and just how the game just works. But on Overwatch... Always, always mouse. So yeah. then now Apex at, is interesting. When you're sure. at practice, is it all keyboard and mouse for you from here on out? Yep. All right. All right. Yeah. Apex is one of those that he was talking about where they have keyboard and mouse players and they have controller players at the highest levels. I'm going to shout out KCP for top eight at Worlds at ALGS <laughs> this past weekend. Congratulations, hey, Nasky and the boys. Huge. High five. Um, but we see that in Apex a lot, like right there. The, the best players out there now are controller players, and it's because of the auto-aim. Uh, what developers are doing is they're building auto-aim into these shooters to counteract how good you can be with mouse and keyboard. They want Ooh. controller players to have a shot, right? I got gotcha. you. Sometimes it gets overtuned, and you have situations like an Apex. I believe, I, can, I could be wrong on this, um, but there is no auto-aim on the controller if you have a scope of higher than 2x. Okay. So you can't have auto aim on a sniper, right? That's <laughs> that's awkward, right? It's a little weird. Um, but most of at a pro level, most of the apex fights end with us standing in front of each other, just blasting away. And if you're on a controller and you're just toggling the auto aim going back and forth, you're just going to slam those dudes on mouse and keyboard. They don't have a shot. I got gotcha. you. Um, so some of them are transitioning. Like on our professional team at KCP, we have I believe two mouse and keyboard players. And then our controller player is Zane, and he's just, see for he's that. A demon. Then, it, then like. there is nothing but voice voice talking, right? Because you don't, you can't use with if you have the the um, controller. There's for sure no keyboard to try to chat or nothing. Oh, like they're that. all going to be in Discord in an open comp. Okay, that's what I chat. thought. It yeah. was all open with voice. Well, the best part about having Charles here is one we shared or try to share a little bit of his his story and him being up there. What I really love, fantastic interview. Uh, I know, man. It's all <laughs> mute. It's just the best. But anyways. We should show them the meme you made out of it, <laughs> you and your buddy. That was great. Oh, boy. I got to watch this. It was one. good. It was funny. But the best part is, is Charles gets to be a dual sport athlete at Iowa Western. He gets to play for the football team, which if you know the Reavers, they are one of the top in the nation when it comes to Juco College champions this year again. Um, but also getting to do the esports. Talk about that. And obviously, we greatly appreciate you also serving in the National Guard. That's an honor to have you on the show because that means a lot to me. One, that you're giving back to the country in the way that you're able to, but also enjoy a little bit of fun on the outside when it comes to college. What's that experience like? It's incredible. Um, you know, I come from a military background, not family, but I was at a military school. Um, I was medically separated because of football, but you know I still love it, so I'm still going to try it. You know I'm not dead. I'm not dead yet, but um, uh, my days are just packed full of stuff to do, and I get home to my dorm so tired I just go right to bed. You know, just it's always nice because when I wake up, I have a bunch of stuff to do. Every Wednesday, I wake up at 4:30. I go to my 5 a.m. team lift, 
Um, go to 7 a.m. practices ends at 8.30 for me because I got to go to class. Classes end at like 3 o'clock usually. And then I got either esports or fun stuff to do like interviews and then just homework and then day starts again. That's what, He's not afraid of the compact time schedule. Yeah. How is it just on the side of being able to do both and them to also respect and, and be able to give your time to both? It's not easy. It's choices that you have to make every day. One, like you said, being up at 4.30, but two, knowing that the night could end at 11 and I got to be right back up at that 4.30. What's that all about between the two sports? Just looking forward to seeing everybody, like all my uh, linebacker buddies on the football team. I love hanging out with them. They're all, they're all just riots, all of them. I love making them laugh. They make me laugh. Uh, during team lifts, we motivate each other. Um, and then school starts, I love my teachers i just talk to them all the time get help school works easy when you ask for help um and then i go to esports where i get to play video games i mean to tell you the truth when it comes to esports i wish i was uh i did all this a bit earlier in overwatch's lifespan because i think i can speak for all tanks when i say the game's just not as fun as it used to be after <laughs> after after 5v5 it just kind of just dropped a bit of a tear for us because Every game, you kind of just, I don't know, you're kind of just there. Overwatch 1 was 6v6, and you could rock two tanks in a game. Yeah. Okay. In Overwatch 2, they reduced that number to five. My podcast actually hit on this a lot as all of the big changes from Overwatch 1 to 2. And like our synapsis of it was just, why isn't this DLC? Well, because they make these new game modes to justify the new right, game. Right. Uh, and also, we had this conversation on the way here. Um the meta in esports beyond a 5v5 just doesn't really happen, right? Overwatch yeah. was that uh, that game that had an extra player in it all the time. League of Legends, Dota 2, mm-hmm. those are all 5v5. Halo now, it, Halo's 4s. Yep. Um, Call of Duty is 4s. Like, I don't... Outside of... I don't think there's another shooter out there that does 5v5 outside of Overwatch, even. None in the mainstream. Right. So, is there okay. a little bit of an outlier... Well, and what took you to Overwatch of all the games that you could play? I mean, you could play sports games. You could play all the way to real like COD, but you're just deciding to choose like a game like Overwatch where it's more of the uh, the animation is stronger in it and it's, you know, quick, fast pace. What what was the, the pool there for you? When Overwatch was uh, released, it was get like it, it was game of the year when it was released like 2016 yeah. mm-hmm. it, like it had it's huge it was Plus. new it was incredible like it, during that year there was like five clones that came out that instantly died because it tried to do what overwatch did it, it just there was no other game like that competitively on xbox or just even on playstation and uh all my friends were buying it and i was just like yeah i can try it and then I fell in love with it because, you know, I could play Reinhardt and then I can go to Zen. I just, I loved all the characters. They're all fun. And then um, I didn't even care that it didn't have a story. I just loved playing it. See, I can, I'm more of the multiplayer. I like to have fun with four other people and do something, the five of us, instead of me just going through the story mode. That's just me personally. Zara, are you a story mode type guy I, or does it depend <laughs> on the game? I don't usually play well with others. Um, <laughs> I, I like the single player story. I like my own pace. But, you know, if it is a fun, casual game, I'll always jump into a game with group guys. Nice. Chase, obviously, you know, you're getting to see a whole different side of esports gaming. You, you've yeah. seen the the national. You're, you're dealing with the college level. You guys are a contact for for some of the local colleges, um, and we were able to share some of the stories. When you hear stuff like um, Northwestern, they're a Catholic uh, college, which is awesome, but they can't play under their team name on a Sunday. Esports yeah. is huge. Where Saturday, Sunday, and maybe Sunday's a lot of your finals. That's where you want your championship Sunday. championships championship to be. Sunday. How does that affect it? And do you think that any of these schools can get past that? I mean, I know Northwestern still had a team under someone's homies or something. They were there representing on on Sunday, mm-hmm. but they couldn't represent that college. And I, I think that that just kind of peels away some of the the drive to push esports out there as a possibility. Um, so I, I understand where those colleges are coming from. They don't want to have shooting games on there uh, with their name on it, basically. Um, it was a little confusing for me for Overwatch, mainly because Overwatch is E for everyone. 
Um, I don't. There's no. Well, no, there is a little blood, but is it's there? Not, it's not like. But you have like a hamster rolling around in a ball chasing you, <laughs> like a giant monkey coming from the sky and stuff like that. So, like, I don't know. But um, well, it's, it's a very it's old they school way. They don't play sports or do. They think Sunday's all family, which it is. Right. Well, that's I, an, that's awesome. Fine. And that's why they they just don't want to interfere with that. And I I think you almost as the as days get older, you almost have to adjust to what you're trying. If you these kids are getting a scholarship, yeah, they're there, you know, trying to represent your school. Just because it's not a a football that's a football Saturday or right. a baseball that's normally Monday through Saturday, you know. Yeah, it's not like we're playing Gears of War. Yeah. Or, <laughs> um, or Call of Duty. I understand the Call of Duty stuff as well, right? Because you're basically, you know, Marines shooting each other. Yeah, that's a little yeah, awkward. Pretty realistic. Um, or even like the CS:GO. Like so, mm -hmm. KCP. We do a lot of work with the Army National Guard, actually. Um, and one of the games that we can't use with them is CSGO because they use the terms terrorist and counterterrorist. And obviously the army doesn't want their name on something where the game yells out terrorists win. Yeah, <laughs> that's no. awkward, right? Um, but from the college, the collegiate standpoint, I understand where they're coming from. They don't want to, you know, promote the, the, the idea of violent video games, but it's also very old outlook. It's a very old understanding of games there was back in the day there was a big push of violent video games made people violent and that's just not true um there's enough research out there that anybody can go look up to show that it's just not true and some of these uh colleges maybe just haven't gone down that path to look what it really does for students you know the teamwork that it teaches them you know the overcoming adversity hard situations split second decisions like these things don't just come naturally for people you know, you work at them, you work at them, and it's hard. Well, so. and it's almost like he was listening to this interview here. We had you guys' associate athletic director, mm -hmm. Ian, or as he's known as Haunter, the yeah. OG, the OG on Twitch. Yeah, he's got Check the this out. One. He talks about what esports does and, and how it does for Iowa Western Community College. To know that you guys at esports are gaining the same respect that you do for regular sports, how does that help? And how does it make it harder because it's still gaming to some people? I mean, the pressure's on for sure because that part of me before I was a I was the director of esports, but I was also the assistant athletic director. So I was around athletics. I was there all the time, and that was just the nature of it. And like some of the rings that I'm wearing, actually, uh, are the other sports that do do great stuff. And I told my players that like I encourage you guys to be a part of them or to support their programs, to be there, be a presence, because then they're going to support you on Twitch. They're going to, they're not going to be in the arena cheering you on necessarily, but they're going to be in the chat hyping up. And then when you're going back and you're watching the lives and you see the chat happening, mm -hmm. it's a good thing. So obviously Ian talks about a lot of the similar stuff as, as how it builds teamwork. It builds the community. It builds to, he, he wants these players to go out and watch the football games, to watch the basketball games. So then all they have to do is click on their Twitch. When you guys are promoting, how yeah. is that cross promoting going? And, and obviously you have a football player. Can he help the situation? Because I think, and Zara, you, you interview and you talk to a lot of gamers Sometimes people are afraid to admit they're gamers when it's they're the true. big tough football players. It's yeah. so true. And, and yeah. but but it's out there. And There's when still you a little see, bit of a stigma around yeah. playing video games. Oh yeah, don't no, definitely. All the um, all the football guys asked me about esports, and I said, I mean, we can do a Madden team. They all love the idea, but you know, a lot of the football guys are just like, you know, I, I don't have time for that or they're going to do their own thing. They're like, worried that one of the esports kids is going to slam them. <laughs> it's really what it boils down to. I had a conversation with one of the football guys outside the calf one day. One of the guys was like, hey, talk to this guy. He plays Madden. He's always trying to go after people on Madden. I talked to him. I was like, play Madden. He's like, yeah, you want a game? I was like, not me, but I got some guys that will sit down with you any day of the week. And I haven't seen him show up yet, so... Oh man, the door like, is open. I was the like, door talk to Charles. Open. He's on the team. He'll he'll get you in touch with some of these guys. And they're like, all right, sounds good. And they still haven't shown up yet. So well, well I'm glad you brought that up, Zar. What 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 do you consider your favorite just pickup game to kill some time? And and uh if you had to go up against one other person because you said you don't play fair, what would that be? Okay. So my my perfect time waster game is gonna be some roguelike game, maybe binding of Isaac, maybe Slay the Spire or something like that. Uh, just kind of a nice 
mind-numbing game. Uh, if I'm really going to play multiplayer competitively, uh, I'm going to do something like Left 4 Dead or Evolve when that was actually a thing. That was a very fun game. It really was. I really like the aspect of 1B Many. So yeah. like Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. Yeah. The new Killer Clowns game is coming out. That's going to be <laughs> awesome. I have been waiting for that for so long. Yes. They teased like the, the sequel to that, and I was so ready, and then just nothing. Ugh. Evolve was so cool, too. It really Evolve, was. And if you don't know this, Evolve, you were, one person was basically just a giant monster. And there was like four other four dudes who were just like little guys like trying to kill this giant monster and okay. you as the monster had to do a whole bunch of things to evolve your powers to get stronger so that you could compete against them because at the beginning you're just getting slapped around oh yeah and you're running around but after you go through like i don't know 10 minutes like they're running from you okay. and you're coming to get them and it was a, it was a lot of fun definitely day dead by daylight esque i really sure. like the meta in those because it it's emphasizes on strategy so like yeah for example with evolve you've got one guy who is a support who is going to give everyone shields. You've got one guy who's going to trap the monster so it can't get away. And then you've got a guy who's just going to hit hard on the damage. Oh, you're not just sitting there just pushing buttons. There's actually some kind of thought behind it. Oh, and it's first person shooter. The, but that's what I mean. Like there's yourself around the world. Sometimes like, people crazy. don't realize behind these games, there's it's, it's keeping your mind stimulated and keeping yeah. you thinking, just not the normal everyday problem solving. One skills. plus one. Like you know, sometimes you got to think outside the box to get yeah. the answer. Charles, what is one of your favorite go-to games that you just like to veg out and 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 I only ask this because like I mean we had key your your teammate. Now you can let her know if you want, but Key Lime said that hers was do you remember? <laughs> League of Legends? No, no. Animal oh, Crossing. Animal Crossing. That was her. That was her outsource. That was her. Her. If she's looking to waste some time, and that was hers. And of course, she talked Legion Legends. It's a good time and... waster game. Animal Crossing <laughs> <laughs> got us through like, COVID. It no, did. I'm just saying, like you can throw a lot of hours at Animal Crossing and just feel okay. The whole like time. you did something. Yeah. What's yours, Charles? That's a tough one, honestly, because it used to be just Minecraft. You know, because okay. it, was, it was something I could do on my Xbox, just build stuff and just. Yeah feel like i can do something but um honestly i do, i play bioshock I, I replay the franchise like all the time okay really? I, I love, love okay I love all right so bioshock's a hell of a game i've 100 all three games like 100 times awesome nice. I'm, I'm still waiting for the fourth one it's been delayed like what seven <laughs> times been like 10 years you since. might be waiting a while well yeah. hey, if you want to if you want to get a little bit more bioshock in uh try prey Prey? Prey is like Bioshock in space. I've seen that oh, before. Oh, that was the, the old Prey on no, Xbox? No, no, no. Uh, the like 2016 remake or oh, something okay. like that. The old Prey on Xbox, you were uh, Native American. That was got, also like, sucked up into space and you were fighting against aliens and things got big and there was portals. It was like, like a, Portal mixed with... like a super. I thought it was like a supernatural type game, right? Pray? Yeah, uh, it had some supernatural type yeah. elements in it, but it was like all stemming from the aliens that abducted yeah, you. Right. And there were weird spots you would like go through a door and suddenly you're like standing there and you're on like what you looks like a moon and you're like, oh, what's this? And then an enemy just walks by and he's like monstrous and you're like, what? And then you realize that you've just been shrunk down onto this little device. And then when you get out, you're like killing that guy and all this other stuff. It's wild. It's a very cool game. Old game. Very old game. Yeah, yeah. That was like 07 or something yeah. like that. Okay. All right. Back then. Well, we have to ask, Czar, I'll start with you. I've already asked good old Kilk here how he got his. How did you get your uh, gamer tag and, and how are you known for a Czar? So my gamer tag came all the way back from RuneScape when I was in like third grade or something like that. I had been hacked several times and lost so many accounts that I just decided to come up with the coolest name I could think of at the time. And I was obsessed with Z's. And so Czar was that name. And then I just kept using it, using it. It was just convenient to not think of anything else. And eventually I became like the only Czar and there were numbers after other people's gamer tags. But it's always yeah. nice to be the original. Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, the most sad thing when you go to create your gamer tag on, and everything that you have is taken. So then you have to be like Kilk one two three. 
That's why you just got to get out there and clear. Got to get there early. You got to get there early. I did with that. The only problem I've had with this gamer tag is everyone asks if I'm Russian, and it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> that makes sense. It was just a cool name. <laughs> it's what stuck. All right, Tolan, how did how did you get that gamer tag, and and what does it mean to you? I know it's probably going to be a lame answer, but um, it's just um, I'm trying to think. You, have you have any of you guys played Destiny? Yes. Yes. Bit. You know Tolan the Shattered. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of just picked that. It was sounded cool, but um, most of my usernames are kind of just like stemming from my Xbox One Ski Blue 650. I got that like from the beginning. I just stuck with it. Never changed it. Okay. Is that one of those that Xbox gave you? Yep. It just gave you the <laughs> random gamer tag and it stuck with oh, you. I, I love remember it. that. I just stuck with it. My, my favorite color was blue, and I just made 65 my lucky number. Nice. All right, then I have to ask, how many groups have you been a part of to where you've had to change your gamer tag? Obviously, yours is Me? KCP Kick. All any of you, because uh, I could tell you, I, I had about three as far as the different abbreviations before. Your I used to be Killer Merc. The last one was GST for Guerrilla Style Tactics, and then it was Killer Merc. Did you have any that you grew up or that you knew of, Czar? that you remember having to do or were you one that just left it with the czar i i honestly just left it with the czar i actually changed my xbox gamer tag for the first time ever and just changed it to the salty czar okay okay uh if i have to make a different gamer tag when i go into something like and it's not going to be kilk uh it's relic vandal heart and I don't know why. It's just something that stuck with me when I was a little kid. All right. Um, I know the Vandal Hearts side of it came from uh, the old PlayStation came, Vandal Hearts. Okay. Um, and which was like a turn-based, you know, you had the grid and you moved your guys around. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, a lot like Final Fantasy Tactics style. Yeah. Um, but you've never had to do anything like you do with KCP. Like, obviously, on your Twitter, it's KCP. It's KCP underscore Kilk on my Twitter. Uh, my other tags, um, I'm old, so it's like X Kilk. I'm one of those people who put an X in front of their name. <laughs> if I put the X, um, it, it counts. If otherwise, it's like Kilk 567. It's just I my gotcha. usual go to. Normally, it's not taken. Don't take it. Anybody, <laughs> anything. I got lucky enough on Kick to get Kilk straight across. I had the original Kilk name on Xbox. That's been long lost. Yeah. Um, and I think on on Twitch now, I think it's just Kilk five six seven, or okay. it could be KCP Kilk. I don't know. It's one of those two. Well, I know many people ask. You know, they're like, "Well, how come you do esports? Why would you even talk to esports?" I used to game all the time. I told uh, a few of them, you know, one of the first things I was one of the first uh, beta testers for Xbox to where you had a T-shirt with your name across the back. Wow, that's awesome. They gave you all the games that you needed to play. And that was the the first game was a little micro machines uh, racing. Oh, uh, I remember those games. Yeah, those were so and, fun. And uh, stuff like that. But obviously I grew older. My kids got older. So it just made me harder to enjoy. But to see where gaming is today from 20 years ago i mean even before covid it's it's a blessing to see that the opportunities are there now that you've had the opportunity what's your memory or what's the thing that you take away from mage to hopefully get you ready for the uh juco season because i know you guys are starting that up this week this week that, oh boy his schedule is on I don't know if uh, Overwatch happens this week but our first oh, game started this week You got Charles all sweating over here he's Bloody. like No I'm not nervous honestly um I yeah, I'm honestly I, I know this may sound like I'm not taking it as serious but it's just a game I mean Yeah yeah I take it very seriously like when it comes to effort like try your best show people you care Yes that's all you really can he's do He's in the GC uh, almost every day what, Almost, so what would yeah. you take from Mage, and what, what do you think it helped you get ready, prepared for? It gave me a really good look at kind of just the competition because it was either we like it, it was like Overwatch, like literally you, you either roll them or they roll you. That's that's kind of just what happened. Like I think our last game was like kind of fair a little bit, like it was kind of an actual fight. But honestly, we just got to improve as a team. Our DPS right now kind of just are trying to figure out what their main is right now. We're trying to learn actual comps like... Um, I forgot what team it was, but all they did was have a May wall me off and just yeah. they picked me off. And it's like, we got to pick that up. We got to start doing that. I saw Getsuga pick that up too. He would play May and then he would wall off the tank and suddenly, like, that was it. Like, just, it was over for him. There's, they have nobody to heal them. 
the whole team just focuses them and they're dead. And then when you're down 4v5 in Overwatch, that's it. You can't fight the other team. And it's the, not possible. And well, especially the, if it's your tank. I mean, oh, yeah, no, that's the, I was going to say that because yeah. now that it is 5v5, um, when I mess up as a tank, it's so much easier to notice because during our, during one of our games, like I wouldn't get picked, but they would get a lucky shot on our DPS. And I can figure out like, oh, did I not protect them? Was I up too far? Was I this? I was I that? So a little analyzing your first time coaching on that aspect of Mage. What did you learn and how does that go into your guys' season? Uh, I was up on stage with you guys when you guys played uh, our own team. And I was up there for Bellevue as well. Uh, shout out to Bellevue for coming to Mage. They're a uh, top there. I think the preseason rankings came out and they're 12th in the nation. I was wondering what they were doing there. And, and make sure to t check out that Twitter uh, video of their coach. He's really telling you what the opportunities are out there yeah, for David, you. Yeah, David's a great grinder when it comes to finding young talent, for sure. Um, it was interesting because I don't coach Overwatch. I'm not our Overwatch coach. Our Overwatch coach is actually on the team. He's a player coach. He's one of our supports. So when you guys were up there against the B team... It was me and Lego standing up there, you know, yeah, you acting are. like we're doing stuff. Um, but in reality, for me, I didn't watch so much of your gameplay as I did our DPS. Um, and between the games, you know, I would sit there and talk to them. You know, you guys are focusing different targets. You know, you're not putting the same DPS out. Like, make sure that those calls out are, are going. If you guys need to talk amongst yourself as the DPS, just do so. One of the biggest things that you can do in esports is small talk. And... What small talk does is it allows you, you're just sitting there saying what you're doing. You know, hey, I'm, I'm pushing left. I'm shooting this guy. I've done 12 damage. I'm rotating back. I'm here. Just And if all five people are doing that, you just kind of naturally learn in your team environment what everybody's doing, where they're all at. And it gets you better at communication. The biggest thing that hurts a lot of teams is their communication. They don't talk enough. They're not telling each other where they're at. I try to instill this on our Rocket League guys too because – you know, we'll go through a whole game and they'll may have, you know, six words have come out of their mouth. And I'm like, guys, there's five minutes there. You guys were talking for 10 seconds of it. So, like, for you guys, I've never listened to your comms, but it would be really cool to see, like, what your callouts are like. It's, it's Is very... the comms something that is recorded on the Discord where you can go back or? I, uh, I can set it to record, but usually we have uh, software on the PCs okay. that record the whole Okay. The whole interaction. That way you can you can honestly get them to feel what the communication should be when you hear someone. And obviously being a tank, there's got to be a lot of communication of your direction so they can follow. But then also so you can resort back and use it as examples because there's nothing best. It's kind of like with football. Nothing. The video don't lie. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the video don't lie. Especially because, you know, when, when you're watching football film, it's like a set angle. You just look at it and maybe if they're good enough, they'll follow the ball. In Overwatch, you can literally like go into the game. Yeah. 3D free cam. Like you can fly around. It's like flying around the stadium watching what you did. Yeah. Where imagine you if up. you could do that in football. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you could take the cameras there. Imagine if there was yeah. just camera angles all around the thing and you could do a 3D rotation of what And you could see what doing. that quarterback's eyes are doing for sure. That would. Yeah. Like if a college football like player had a GoPro, like everyone had a GoPro on their helmet. Like that'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be wild. It's, it's probably coming. I, I'm almost guaranteed. I believe there's NBA teams out there that have been testing technology in their in their stadiums where it's basically just cameras all the way around and it's recording everything like this guy takes two dribbles and a half a step back before he does x I and when you. you start learning people's tendencies and what they're doing you suddenly just start beating them because you know exactly what's coming you know what's right? coming and that's another big thing in esports knowing the other team's tendencies especially in fighting games yeah like that's huge that's all they're doing is testing each other the entire time until they can figure out what your tendencies are if i throw a jab are your is your reaction this button okay your reaction is that button i know what to expect next time i'm going to counter that um on their level like you said you know being able to review tapes is huge. Yeah, because um, one of the biggest parts about Overwatch is kind of like um, the devs, the right, the new devs that got in are trying to say they don't want it to be like hard counter or rock, paper, scissors, but it's rock, paper, scissors. Like certain characters. It has to be. That's yes. just the nature. Yep. Of the yes. game. That's, that's what it is. So like if I go into it, if I play Roadhog a lot, which is kind of like a um, no shield, kind of just like I take the damage, then I can heal myself. If they go Ana, which is someone that can sleep me while I'm like trying to heal or anti me while I'm trying to heal, completely countered me. I probably should swap off 
And if someone knows I play Roadhog, they can just practice Ana for like a week before a game and get yeah. and get it down to down to. And that's that's something that we need to talk about as well is the amount of hours that you put in because we talked about the addiction side yes. of it and there oh, is yeah. yes. there is a thing called there is a video game addiction out there um but i think what some people also need to realize is that it's not necessarily an addiction if you're playing this game for eight hours a day now i say that from a professional standpoint if you're a professional esports athlete if you are not putting in those hours somebody else is and then you could tell yeah. you're gonna see it and you will see it yeah. um, there, it happens at lands uh, a lot. It happens at major events. You see guys come out on Twitter later on after their events, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I wish I would have put in more hours." And all this, well, the hours are there. <laughs> Guess we who all did still put got in the, the same twenty-four hours in a day. Right. Yeah, they're so. all there. And uh, I will say that if you were not putting in the hours, and when I say putting in the hours, I don't mean like just hopping on the game and just casually having fun and doing it. I mean putting in the work, sitting there for like in Rocket League. Let's talk Rocket League real quick on that option because that's the big game that I come from. If you're not sitting in free play working on your mechanics, if you're not... Oh, you mean free play where it's not... No, it's just you and the ball. It's just you and the ball. Weird. And you're just working on your mechanics, trying to get those touches through the air and, you know, working on your resets or wave dashes or half flips. Like, those are all things you have to have on the FPS side. If you're not in aim labs grinding your aim you're just missing out and if you're not reviewing your gameplay you're missing out just because we say eight hours a day on the game doesn't mean you're on the game for eight hours you need to be reviewing your games hey we lost this game let me go back and review that 15 minute match and see why we lost it is there anything i could have done there's always there's always one thing you can learn from it right yep how many hours do you think you put in per day well, just on an average. On an average, I mean, honestly, like when I when I play Overwatch, I work my absolute hardest. So I don't really have to. I don't really have to think too much about like, oh, you know, is it this small detail? Is it this small detail? When I mess up, like it's obvious. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Like if I waste an ult, I got that's you. obvious. Or if I waste cooldowns, that's obvious. If I'm not with my team, that's obvious. Um, for tank players. It's a lot more obvious when we mess up. Like when it comes to DPS, when I was playing um, like Torbjorn or something, I can work on my t- turret placement. I can work on just aiming properly, okay. how the bullets fire, like what the patch notes are. When I'm tank, it's like, how do I properly protect my team? Or how do I cause pressure properly? There's not mm, little mechanics we have. It's like big mechanics just done well. Yeah, the little mechanics are things like crosshair placement. Like yeah. if you know this team's. And that's it's a much bigger in games like Valorant and CS:GO, where you know that the team has to come around this corner. You know they're coming. I need to make sure my crosshair is here, anticipating that the headshot's coming here. If you're moving around the map, a lot of players have a tendency to move around the map with their crosshair down. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just yep. like running. Got him. No, Head you need down. to be moving because if I come around that corner and my crosshair's up here and yours is down here, you have to look up to start shooting me in the legs and up. Whereas mine's already right on your face. That half a second make all the difference. Yeah, esports are played in milliseconds. And that's and that's a big difference between a lot of games in Overwatch because ever since I made it 5v5, it's a lot more fast-paced. Like It's a lot more quick decision-making and trying to conserve your ultimates and cooldowns. If you play like Rainbow Six Siege, which is what I play sometimes, complete opposite. You're literally holding angles, camping, like... <laughs> And it's what <laughs> you are. You're when, sitting there like when this. When camping is a necessary like, strategy. I was, I was, I was, admitting, uh, admitting it. When I was just right. saying, like, if, if you camp in Call of Duty, like, I hate you. But, like, if you're if you're Rainbow, <laughs> if you're doing a Rainbow Six, it's a necessity because yeah. you're, it, it's just how you play. Like, you're holding an angle. You, you see, like, a pixel of a door frame. Yeah. You, like, when only out. one or two bullets in the, in the mag, in those hits you and you're dead, it's a lot different than, like, in Apex and Halo and Overwatch, where the time to kill in those are. You know, a second and a half to yeah. two seconds versus health packs. One shot, one yeah. Like, well, Zar, you got to come out to Mage 2023. What did you take from it, and what are you looking to? Uh, obviously, we have a few other things we could possibly uh, do in the future when it comes to Mage 2024. Hopefully, be bigger, but also some other local uh, venues that we can check out. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking on that note. Um, through my podcast, we've been doing a few competitions of our own. So at the Herd Dat Sports Bar, uh, probably in February or January, we're going to be doing the Winter Wonder Smash. 
which nice. is just a, kind of a freestyle fun competition for okay. Smash players. Uh, very uh, use like family friendly, but we do have some competition. We had a trophy last year and some good prizes for that. Um, so definitely the Herd Dot Sports Bar is a perfect venue that's going to be popping up with esports in the future. Um, as far as my takeaways from Mage, it just made me excited to be a gamer. Like, I want to go to more of these competitions. Yes. I want to talk with all of these people because I haven't, it, it very rarely am I surrounded by just literally everyone around me playing some kind of video game and wanting to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and esports players and gamers are generally pretty introverted. And like you said, there's still a little bit of a stigma sometimes. Um, and it happens to me even sometimes. Someone's like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, uh, you know, I work in esports. Like I and, it, and I should be like, oh, I work in esports <laughs> with, a little, with a little, like, <laughs> with a little exclamation mark. Yeah, That's right. Well, yeah, because it's, it's like it, we we're in the Olympics, right? Like we have. Uh, I believe in the last Olympics they did do some esports stuff. Yeah, because I mean, like give it time, obviously, but like I I feel like it's mostly just. There's just waiting. Yeah, you know, there's people out there like esports is not real sports, and it's. Like, I, well, I just I'm say sorry. jump on. You either jump on or jump out, and, that's and what, you're that's... gonna miss the bus if you don't jump on. Yeah, give it five years. Esports is gonna be in the limelight. Like you'll probably see it on ESPN. Yeah, no, because I mean, after Marvel made all those, you know, MCU movies, everyone's a comic book fan apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's just, all of a sudden comics. crawled out of their caves. I'm a I'm a big comic book guy. It's like. It's always the nerds that? that make things cool. Ah, yep. come That's on, right. man. That's right. Well, True. once again, this is a Wired Access podcast, Herd App Production. I greatly appreciate the hospitality of Iowa Western Community College and their esports program for allowing myself and the Game T podcast, JP and Zard, both to be out there, have some fun. Check out those interviews we did. But also, here's one last one. We're going to get you out on this. This is All Be Fresh. He was one that we met down there. He's a coach for Buena Vista College. He was an esports player, but he hosts one of the biggest in the area and one of the big ones, Smash Brothers out in Davenport, Iowa. Check it out. He's going to talk about it and give you the details. Be on the lookout December 2nd and 3rd, Davenport, Iowa. Honey Pot 6. We'll see you. Go ahead. Tell us about your event coming up December 2nd and 3rd. How can people find you? How can people find the event? We want to get this eSports to continue to grow. The only way is by the knowledge. What do you got? All right. So not only am I a director, I'm also the lead event organizer for Honey Pot 6. So this is in its sixth iteration. And this is the biggest one yet because we're changing it from a one-day to a two-day national. So it's a C-tier event. Um, that we brought in 400 and something people last time. We're hoping to hit maybe six, seven, eight hundred with, you know, y'all's help. So December 2nd and 3rd, we have Smash Bros, Tekken, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Melee, Brawl, HDR. So many games for you guys to come out to. And only that, we have a collegiate crew battles for Smash Ultimate. So if you're a college looking to come out, hit me up at Albifresh underscore on Twitter, um, Albifresh on Discord, and you know, you can find me there. Oh, it's in Davenport, Iowa. Let me, let me forget. Let me not forget where it's at. Davenport, Iowa, December second and third, guys. I would love to see everyone there, colleges, and you know, people who just want to play Smash or any fighting games alike. So I hope to see y'all there. A Herd at Sports Network production.